Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 6 of 211's Baseball Talk. Today on the menu, we have how an Ellsbury Cano trade might work between the Yankees and Mariners. Once again, Mariners giving us something to talk about every week. Donaldson and McCann signed with the Braves. Patrick Corbin met with the Phillies the other day, and he's set to meet with the Yankees very soon. The Blue Jays finalized their 2019 coaching staff. Will Vladimir Guerrero Jr. be on the team at a camp next year? Who should trade and who could trade for Noah Syndergaard and the latest off-season news? But it is not just me doing the podcast today. I'm here with my father, Chris. Chris, how's it going? Good. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. What else do you want me to say? It's fantastic. That's great. So let's begin. Um, Recently, it was reported that the Mariners and Yankees were talking uh, about a deal sending Robinson Cano to the, back to New York for Jacoby Ellsbury, uh, who the Yankees signed a couple of years ago. Ellsbury has struggled to stay healthy the past couple of seasons, and Cano received a PED suspension this year, but he's continued to produce even without PEDs. So you'd have to imagine, though, if this trade does happen, that the Yankees would have to eat up a chunk, a big chunk of Ellsbury's deal. Yep, it's like trading your expensive trash back and forth. I don't know. I don't really. I don't really understand anything behind this deal. I don't think it helps anybody in the deal, uh, it, other than you know maybe taking bad contract for bad contract. But that begs the question: Why? I I, I don't I don't get it. I, I don't understand yeah. what the speculation is for. I don't understand any reason why either the Yankees or the Mariners would do this trade. Uh, maybe you've got some perspective. I don't, but I don't see it. Well, I mean, I think Cano is still a good player, even without PDs. He's got a deal that he doesn't deserve, though. I think this has just been orchestrated by John Sterling. <laughs> because I think he just wants to say, Harabi Cano, don't you know, a yeah, million he... more times. And that's pretty much all you get out of that deal. And actually, he may never get to say it, because he's not the same player he was back in those days. That is true. Um, I think Cano is definitely better than Ellsbury right now. I think that... I just don't understand. I, do, I haven't looked up the contract for Cano, but they have Didi Gregorius at short, and I understand that Gleyber Torres, who's currently their second baseman, is probably going to play short next year if they don't get Machado. So you can slot a Cano in at second, but then what do you do the year after, right? No one's going to take Cano. If you're foolish enough to take Cano, you know you're going to be stuck with him until he becomes a free agent or retires, right? Like, That's true. That's true. And and I don't know that they'll they'll... I really don't think the Yankees are going after Machado. I know they posture just in case because you can never say never with the Yankees, but I don't see it. And uh, maybe this solves that issue. What are you yawning? No, I'm not yawning. <laughs> I heard a yawn. Ah, oh, there was no yawn. Um, Be a professional. <laughs> well, give me a cough button then. <laughs> um, cough button. <laughs> the. Uh... Sorry, where were we? We are on the Donaldson and McCann. No, we're not. We're not there yet. I know, but I was trying to confuse you. Thanks. Is it working? No, did we're still talking Cano and... Uh... Did you know that Kourtney Kardashian walks around her house naked? That's your random fact of the day. I learned that today. I don't know why you want to know that. That's but... something I absolutely do not care about, but thanks for <laughs> No problem. Um, but yeah, I think Cano could be a pretty good guy for... Uh, for the Yankees for one year, but if it's if its contract is longer, what are you gonna do with it? Like he's gonna he's gonna have to retire, or you're gonna have to play him until he until he until he becomes a free agent because 
That guy's making a lot of money. Yep. Sure is. I mean, Next. So is Ellsbury. I mean, that's what I, I mean, that's, you know, but this is the Yankees way and this is what the Mariners have been doing for years now. And, you know, why are we even talking about it? And that's not even to, to say anything about just putting this on as a topic in our podcast. It's just why does baseball in general have to talk about this kind of deal? I mean, it, there's so many albatross deals across the game right now that there is just no reason to even talk about them anymore. You're not going to move well, I mean, them. I mean, look at the Jays. They've got two of their own. They've got Russell Martin. You're not moving him for $20 million. You've got Troy Tulowitzki, who I know you love to make sure we bring up at least once per podcast, so there it is. And he also is not getting moved. Not a chance. These Albatross contracts. Is what he is. Yeah, but it's just rumors, and it's, it's something that I think that, you know, none of it's going to transpire. As you say, maybe there's a chance just because there's a, a fit for Cano potentially at the Yankees. But, again, he's got to stay on the field, and Ellsbury's got to stay on the field. Who knows if Ellsbury could even pass a physical in the middle of a yeah. train, right? So, Well, I mean, you, you, you look at you, the Albatross deals that you're talking about, and teams are starting to realize it, like, you look at last year, no one would pay any any player for a long time. And well, I, that's and why. Least, uh, it, got, it got so yeah, bad that, that they had to create their own training camp. I know, but I, I think everywhere. that's what you're going to see now in baseball. I don't think you're going to see the huge contract. It's going to be really interesting this year. And I know we're talking Donaldson next, and maybe this is a perfect segue to that. But it's going to be really interesting this year in the off season and the hot stove season to see mm-hmm. who people sign in for how long and for how much. Because you're not going to see a 10-year Pujols deal anymore. You're not going to see a Mike Trout deal anymore. I mean, even the Trout deal is, is a pretty good one because he started at least young in that deal. But, yeah. uh, but I mean, I don't think you're going to see these huge huge deals like a Tulowitzki deal is just a mess I mean if Colorado's probably rolling around laughing at us right now as Jays fans because they think uh, we don't have Reyes or Tulowitzki now and uh, you know look who's laughing because they signed that deal with him but I just don't see it I don't see a lot of these deals coming any longer and it'll be really interesting to see this offseason as the winter meetings get rolling in a week or two to see who really actually signs for a giant deal and i think harper's got the only chance at that to be honest yeah machado doesn't um moving on to our next topic i was mentioning it uh josh donaldson and brian mccann both signed with the braves mccann making return after playing from 2005 to 2013 for the braves um donaldson and mccann both signed one-year deals uh donaldson for 23 million and mccann for two million uh, pretty big difference in those deals. Huge difference. Well, Anthopolis strikes again, and uh, and he believes. I saw one of the things that he said was that his few months, not even a few months, in Cleveland uh, convinced him the old Josh Donaldson is back. Well, we, I, I, I don't, don't know, know I don't how know. that's possible. Yeah, but uh, but if that's how you feel, then hey, why not hand out twenty three million dollars to a guy who can't stay on the field the last two years? That's a good idea. I think uh, I think Anthopoulos is out to lunch on this one. The one thing that he wins on this deal is that it is only a one year deal. So. You know, if it's a but you're still paying the guy twenty three million dollars. Yeah, I know more than the Jays were paying him last year, and and they got nothing out of him. Exactly. uh, You know, I mean, you good luck, buddy. Good luck, Brian McCann for a two million dollar. I I feel bad for the guy. Like you have, 
you get signed on the same day for some big homecoming thing, right? He gets back to Atlanta, and it's a $21 million pay gap between those two. Well, um, McCann belongs there, though. McCann loves Atlanta. Uh, you know, I know this is another John Sterling d- disappointment because he can't sing the McCann can song. But Oh, thank uh, God. <laughs> but again, I know, but he has a lot of fun doing it. He has a lot of fun doing it, and nobody else does listening to it. But, um, <laughs> but at least he does have fun at his job, right? So, but anyway, McCann at, at Atlanta—that is, uh, you know—he's loved it there, and uh, no surprise at all that he went back. I uh, surprise me, and I, I would not again be he yawns. Oh my God! Stop. Well, well, Especially I mean, you're yawning time. right in my ear, buddy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, this is McCann's last year in the big leagues. He's he's getting older. You know, he's people are going to judge your father now. They're going to say you keep your son up too late. It's six or seven, seven thirty. I know, but but maybe you were up too late last night, bud. You're you're you're. Uh, I sound like an East an East Coaster. You're up, how do, you're up how too do late there, the bud. Okay, okay. Let's get back to baseball. Sorry. Um, but I think this is the last year that Brad McCann has in the bigs. I think maybe his last year yeah. producing. And I think he realizes he's getting older. It's time to call it a career. Yes, yes, at a, at a ripe old age of thirty something. <laughs> so, at the beginning of this off season, as we move on to our next topic, it was reported that Patrick Corbin, a young Arizona lefty, was going to be a big target for the Yankees. Uh, he had a breakout campaign this year, and he picked a good year to do it, being his free agency season. Everyone thought he was going to go to the Yankees, but suddenly, out of nowhere, he meets the Phillies. They could use someone to back up Aaron Nola. So is Corbin that guy? Because Jake Arrieta was not last year. That's not at all what they were expecting from him. Right? And it could be because he signed him late and he didn't get any, any time to work against big league hitters uh, in spring training. But is Patrick Corbin that guy? Every time I hear his name, I think of Corbin Burnson, and uh, I don't know. You'll never know that because you're too young, but, no. uh, but baseball movies. Um, I don't, uh, I'm not surprised the Phillies are doing anything this year. I, I think the yeah. Phillies have said they're going to spend irresponsibly. I think that's actually bad for the game because that just signals that to fans of, of teams, the, really the garbage clowns on Twitter, that you know, we'll say, oh, Rogers never spends on the Blue Jays like the Phillies are spending. Well, the Phillies are spending irresponsibly, and and to or saying they're going to, they haven't done it yet, but they're saying they're going to, and I just don't, I don't agree with that being the eventual place you go in a rebuild. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me, but um, but it doesn't surprise me going back to Corbin that he is meeting with the Phils, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know that uh, that. They're gonna that the Yankees are gonna not have competition like they thought. I think you're gonna see a competition between the the Yanks and Phils for Corbin. I would have to agree. Don't comment on it. Don't again, again. This um, is like the ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Dylan Baker Yawning Festival. Okay, sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep going. Night last night. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but why? Your bedtime's at six thirty, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> don't, even, don't even start with that. I, I don't want to lose my social life. Um, in the free agency portion of episode four of our podcast, we are, I personally, you weren't on this episode, just me. I personally mixed up Patrick Corbin with Trevor Cahill. That's my bad. They're both former, former Diamondbacks. And I said that 
Corbin wouldn't get a big deal because I thought it was Cahill, and Cahill wouldn't get a big deal if he hit free agency. But I confused the two. That's my bad. Cahill's going to get more. Uh, or Sorry, Corbin is going to get more than what we had originally predicted. But, I mean, I think that it's not a bad idea for the Phillies to go after Patrick Corbin because I think that Aaron Nola does need a supporting cast, and I hate to break it to you, but Jake Arrieta's not your guy. Where's the lullaby button? I feel like we have to play you a lullaby and see if we can, if the podcast listeners and I can get you to fall asleep before the end of the show. <laughs> Am I that bad today? Well, that, that is bad. like four four yards now. But I uh, <sighs> shut up. Hey, so bad words. So let's get back to the Corbin topic. Okay, well, you um, just made a correction on that. What do you mean? I just made a correction. It's Patrick Corbin, not Trevor Cahill. I know. You just finished your correction. Just putting you back in your place. So the Blue Jays coaching staff. <laughs> the Blue Jays introduced their topic. Yes, their 2019 coaching staff on Monday. Uh, it includes Charlie Montoyo as their manager, as we all know, former Rays bench coach and Durham AAA manager. Dave Hudgens, former Astros hitting coach. We discussed him a couple of weeks ago. I think it's a great hire. Mike Budzin... Bud, Bud, Budzinski, I'm going to hope that that's how it's said. He was an Indians base coach. I don't know if it was first base, third base. looked like third base to me. I'm not too sure he was a coach for the Indians. Oh, Cleveland connection, shut up. Uh, Third base coach, Louis Rivera, he is returning. Great idea in my mind. He's got the Spanish side to him. He's a pretty good coach. Pete Walker is going to be the pitching coach for 2019. He is coming back. Thank goodness. Matt Bushman is replacing the fired Dane Johnson. Uh, I was reading descriptions uh, of these coaches on a Sportsnet article earlier, and Bushman reportedly has no qualifications whatsoever to be a bullpen coach, but he knows a lot about where the game is going, and they hired him. Yes, Uh, I I read that description too. It appears he knows how... To use an iPad. So yes, yes, uh, I- so that has gotten him one of the jobs that, hey, I know how to use an iPad. I'll sit in the bullpen. But uh, anyway, and, uh, keep by going. The way, I am the new Royals bullpen coach. Since yeah, I exactly. There you go. Uh, you probably have more experience is- than Bushman. <laughs> the hitting coach is Guillermo Martinez. He is a former minor league coach with the Blue Jays and Cubs. He's 34. Yes, we get it. He's younger than you. Uh, Shelly Duncan oh, was introduced as a major league coach and a major league I said I, I wrote down on our paper that he's a prospect helper because apparently he was supposed to help the young guys. I'm not sure. Well, and I kind of feel I'm like sure exactly what I feel like that's and I know you're about to go into him, but I, I, I feel like that's actually John Schneider's role, to be honest, because he's had most of these young guys yeah. coming up and uh, and mm-hmm. being that former New Hampshire manager champion manager and uh, as well that uh you know i think that he his role is more going to be to to work with the prospects but but you never know maybe it'll be both and shelly duncan had no details on him no Shelley duncan on the article on sportsnet the one that we based matt bushman off of there were no details on him. like we no. there was nothing yeah well and 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 the thing is, you know, this coaching staff, it sounds to me like was was built with a purpose and the purpose is to collaborate. Um, yeah. I, I mean, you look, all you have to do is look at the hitting coach and the bench coach, uh, you know, with Dave Hudgens being the, the former Astros bench or uh, hitting coach, sorry, now being the bench coach with the Blue Jays. 
Atkins' comments today about collaboration and how they're all going to have to collaborate and, and help each other, and they can't work in silos and, and say, well, no, I'm the hitting coach, so you can't help the players. That's not allowed, and that's part of what they were looking for was to make sure that, the, that they're a team of coaches that all work together, which yeah. now when you look at the hiring of, of, of a Dave Hudgens and, and of, of Guillermo Martinez, it all works together. Guillermo can certainly help out. He can certainly help with, uh, with hitting the way he's supposed to as a hitting coach, but then you can have a Dave Hudgens come in and pipe in and, and he's going to be allowed to do that. So I think that that is a good way to hire. I think that's a good way to form a team. And, um, and hopefully uh, it's, it's a pretty good coaching staff from the looks of it. And it's a mix of young, what are you doing? I can hear you scratching. You eating your cheese or something? You running a wheel? No, cheese. Okay. How about you concentrate uh, on what you're doing? <laughs> well, all I can hear is. <laughs> so uh, anyway, the um, the coaches. The I don't know if I really love the title that uh, Schneider has. To be honest with you, major, major league coach major league doesn't coach, really yeah. doesn't really tell me much about what he's going to do. But I don't I don't think that's a problem in this case because of the collaboration that Atkins talks about. So I think I he's going to have a lot of roles. Okay, mm-hmm. stop it. What am I doing? You're, you're messing with papers or something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need you to stop. <laughs> but right, I do think that, that Schneider is going to be one of the prospect helpers that Shelly Duncan has brought into these. Since Schneider has worked with these guys, as you mentioned, for uh, quite a while. And you kind of took my, my place in saying it. Uh, <laughs> but he is the former AA New Hampshire manager, as you also happen to mention. Indeed, I did. Um, so I think it's a good coaching staff. And I think that, like you said, it's going to be collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. They're all going to chip in on each other's roles versus the way that John Gibbons worked, supposedly, where everyone had their own role. Yeah, well, and I don't think that was Gibbons. I, I think that's just an old school way of doing it. I think that's yeah. that's the way that managers and coaching staffs have worked in the past, and it doesn't work that way anymore. It's just yeah. not the way baseball teams operate, and it's not the way front offices operate. The front office is going to meddle like crazy in the daily lineups, and, and an old manager doesn't like that, and I don't yeah. think Gibby liked that. So uh, it's a new world in Toronto, and the coaching staff being overhauled is kind of a sign of it. Speaking of a new world in Toronto, we got some good prospects coming up. And yeah. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is at the forefront of all those prospects. He is the number one ranked prospect in baseball. And he's bigly ready, in my mind. And in so many other people's minds. But will he be on the team out of camp? I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, thank you. And uh, beautiful segue from prospect coaches to prospects coming up. Enjoyed that. Uh, the, the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. discussion is an endless discussion that I think people probably are sick of. But at the same time, uh, I think the reality is, no, he's not coming up out of camp. Um, I think we can all, and, and again, I'm going to pander to the garbage clowns here, uh, understand disappointment about that but the reality is in the business of baseball if you can take 20 days literally 20 days garbage clowns and just wait and be patient you get an entire extra year out of vladimir guerrero jr so if i'm somebody in the front office and i'm going to bring up a prospect that happens to also be and we'll pause for a second 
the top prospect in baseball. I'm going to try to get another year out of him before I have to worry about him going to free agency. So come on, garbage clowns, put the garbage away. It's not good for you. Listen up. He's coming, and it will be this year, but it's not going to be when on opening day. And I do, and I agree with it. I actually do agree with it. If I'm in the front office, I'm going to do that too. So, I was talking to someone today, Shane Davis, as a matter of fact, former pitcher in the Blue Jays organization, and he said one of the big counter arguments for the getting an extra year of service time, if he's that good, he is going to get paid no matter what. Yeah. And I understand you want to have that extra year of success, right? But Guerrero's getting. No, honking deal. Well, and actually, he brings up a good point because if you think about it, I mean, you look at, at a Donaldson who made twenty million dollars out of arbitration last year. <laughs> you know, it was an RB, and he's still making twenty million. So he, Shane's absolutely right because if 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 Guerrero is what he's supposed to be, he's going to go to arbitration in those later years while the Blue Jays have control of him and still make twenty twenty five million dollars a year. Yeah. So it, it does kind of beg the question why not just bring him up right away anyway. I think the one thing is, and, and this is the only piece to this probably, because you're right, and Shane's right, he is going to make that money. It's the loss of control after that extra year. You know, yes, yes, you still may have to pay him $25 million in that year, but no other team can have him for that extra year. And yeah. And and jeez, oh and then <laughs> you are really going to need to have a better sleep tonight. <laughs> so anyway or next, um, next tuesday yeah so so guerrero i think i think the conversation is valid i think the concerns are valid but at the same time it's an extra year of control i yeah i mean i'd agree with that and garbage clowns on twitter as you like to call them and i quite enjoy you calling them <laughs> um get ready they're going to say his defense isn't ready. That's going to be the excuse. Well, they can't because they, can't, that. they can't say uh, service time. Because if they do that, it's against exactly. the union rule. Exactly. And, and boom, you've got a grievance, right? So Exactly. Now, that's what I'm trying to say, if you were to let me say. <laughs> oh, oh, you're feisty um, when you're tired. <laughs> but uh, they're going to say that his defense needs work. And even though it might... We don't know. Be, I've seen people with worse defense come up to the big leagues. But like you said, they can't say that it's for service time or else they got a grievance fought against them immediately. Moving on to a former Blue Jays top prospect, but then they traded him in one of the worst deals in franchise history, Noah Syndergaard. The Mets have been surprisingly shopping Noah Syndergaard. Uh, this offseason, which, I mean, it surprised me. It might not have surprised certain other people. And the Padres are willing to make a move on him. So, along with the Pirates, by the way. So, who, who really needs him in your mind? And who has the prospects? Who can get him? Well, the Padres are an inter- interesting argument because the Padres tend to screw up prospects. So while they have them and they, they seem to be deep, they never seem to go anywhere. And, the, and it seems like the Padres are always in a perpetual rebuild. I think until the Padres overhaul that baseball development staff, uh, that player development staff, I should say, uh, I don't think it's a good place for anybody to be other than San Diego's maybe one of the most beautiful places in North America. And I don't know why more players don't go there. Although I, 
I would think that it's the winning culture. You don't know why more players don't go there. They don't want to lose a hundred. That's right. Exactly. It's the winning culture that doesn't exist there. And that's, that's the problem. Right. And so, so I wouldn't think that Syndergaard would want to go there. I know he doesn't have a no trade clause, but I, I think that the Mets do respect his wishes a little bit. And I could see him uh, more going toward the pirates. Um, I think that the but do the Pirates have the prospects though? That's my question. I haven't really looked into their system. I know that, I know that the Padres do, and I wonder if if since the, most of the Padres uh, players are fresh, with like Brad Hand being traded last year, getting some good prospects from Cleveland. So I mean they haven't uh, Padres them yet. <laughs> yeah, they haven't. Yeah. I know, they haven't and, and I know what you're Padres. saying, and and you're right. I mean they've got some freshly acquired pot, uh, Padres <laughs> prospects that uh, that they haven't had the chance to have their maybe less than ideal baseball development staff touch yet, but. Um, yeah, they have what it takes. The problem is just going to be that that the Padres aren't going to win. They they almost never win. And until they fix that portion of the player development staff and perhaps even the front office, I can't see this deal working out well. Uh, but could yeah. they get it done? Absolutely. Now the Pirates. Back to the Pirates. I don't. I don't see. I don't know if they have prospects in the system. I mean, they didn't last year. Yeah. And they traded a bunch of them away for Chris Archer. So what do they have left to give as an appealing pitch to the Mets for Syndergaard? You know, I'm not 100% familiar with the Pirates system either. Yeah, it's, it's uh, like, I but I think that... to you. Yeah. <laughs> way to pawn it off on me. Uh, and <laughs> not tell me you're going to do that so I can look cross-eyed right now like I was kicked by a mule. But the the problem is, I think with the, the Pirates, that they're, they're just... I don't think they have the prospects. That said, I'm trying to recall who they got for McCutcheon and things like that too because uh, I think they did get a fairly nice haul for some of these guys. Um, but I, 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 because I can't think of players off the top of my head, I can't see it happening. The other thing is that I don't know when I look at their major league roster that they're ready for that. I, I mean, why get a cinder yeah. guard? You're not going to win the world series with just him. So if you're going to go all in and you're going to spend your off season acquiring more than just cinder guard, and this maybe is the point about the prospects. Great. Because that'll give you a chance at winning the world series. The problem is you might have the prospects to acquire a cinder guard, but since cinder guard's not enough, you're going to need more prospects. And I just don't think they have that. And, and so I can't see it being a good spot. But again, like I say, baseball is a funny sport and you may see him go there and you may see them win. So, you know, it's, it's a a toss up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but Syndergaard can't carry a team. Well, he can carry a big hammer. He's Thor. Uh, Oh, sorry. No Thor jokes allowed. Um, Okay. No, that was a bad Uh, one. So that's, (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Um, Obviously, Syndergaard's a tremendous pitcher, but there's no way in hell that he's going to be able to carry the Padres to a playoff berth. Uh, I agree. Anyway, moving on to our final topic of the podcast. The latest offseason news, not much going on this week uh, This week in baseball. Um, I know he's a big, big, huge haul. He signed with the Pirates. On a one-year deal. The uh, baseball world went stir-crazy over that one. And mm-hmm. Ronald Torres... <laughs> I didn't use that right, did I? Ronald Torres got... 
big deal. Really, all that happened was Donaldson and McCann signing. There was nothing good. Yeah, I mean, these little signings, yeah, they are. But, I mean, you you know what? I'm going to just circle back to this for a second. These little signings seem to be the ones that win World Series. And and that's Are you sure that Lonnie Chisholm Hall and Ronald Torres are going to help you in World Series? If they hold hands and do it (laughs) together, maybe. Ronald Torres is two foot three. But that's not nice. And you know what? Maybe people won't see him coming. And he'll be safe every time <laughs> at the, on the base path. Who knows? But but you know what? These are. But I'm talking about just sort of the sum of all these types mm-hmm. of moves tend to be like. Let's say a Pittsburgh makes six of these moves. That tends to work for teams these days. And, and I mean, we we all saw how well it worked for the Blue Jays this past season. So okay, I mean, all right. Like getting Salarte right. and Diaz that worked. Out great, didn't it? <laughs> So there's times it works anyway, and and there's and it depends. You're right; it depends move by move, and and really, it's catching lightning in a bottle with some of these people, one of some of these players. But um, but you know, it happens, and I think that's why these teams do this and and make these little acquisitions. And hey, it's depth, and and depth wins championships. Mm-hmm. Depth does win championships, no matter. Did you just how. did you just sass me? <laughs> no, I did not. Don't you um, sass me, child. Um, but I mean, if you have enough depth moves, then I guess you can win a World Series. But I, I mean, what what is what is a Ronald Torres going to do to change your fortunes? But but again, like I say, it's not the one player. It's the fact that you might acquire more depth and get maybe six players like a Torres. And and well, it's well, more Charlie and the Chocolate it. Factory if you do that, I guess. But <laughs> but but but. but uh, it, and that was bad, and I apologize to Ronald Torres. Thank God he's probably not listening to this. But uh, you know what? It's it's uh, it is an important acquisition, and it is an acquisition that can help teams. And and only if you make multiple ones like that. But again, depth is key because when you're not going to have five starters all year, you're going to have probably closer to ten, and 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 you're going to need place players like that. Right, so yeah, because you know Ronald Torres can play everywhere. He's an infielder. I know he's an infielder, but I'm just giving an example (laughs) of the fact that starters you need more starter depth, bullpen you need more bullpen depth, and you do need uh, infield depth. No, I I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that, and I do believe that depth is a huge, huge thing, especially in baseball. In some sports, you don't necessarily need it, but in baseball, you definitely need a lot of depth because it's 162 games. It's gonna. It's it's gonna hurt you. So thank you very much for this. Uh, next week, so we won't have it on Wednesday. It'll be Thursday. That's correct. So next week's episode will be coming at you on a Thursday instead of a Wednesday, as we are unable to record on Wednesday. I am Dylan Baker. You have been listening to Two Eleven's Baseball Talk. We'll see you next week. Keep.